Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. And welcome back, folks. Another edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown, focused on the defense with Vance Bedford. Week 10, looking at the Nebraska game, looking ahead to Illinois. And every single episode, we're looking ahead to those Buckeyes. You know, that's, that's what Vance talks about every single week. There's some preparation for those Buckeyes. If you know nothing else, you know that's what Vance is going to talk about. Before we get started, want to remind you, if you like these videos, be sure to like them. Uh, like on the on YouTube, be sure to subscribe. Same thing on the podcast channel. That way you keep us going, you keep us growing. And then, of course, the best way to show love and support is go over to the MichiganInsider.com. Subscribe over there. That's all your football, your basketball, your recruiting intel, analysis, the second to none. You can find it all there on the MichiganInsider.com for $1 in there. Your first month gets you started. Once you become a full-paying member, of course, folks, you will also have access to Paramount+. Plus. You cannot beat it. Vance, how you doing, man? Doing fantastic down here in beautiful Colorado. A little chilly these days, but we don't have snow just yet. You know, as you can see, I've got my mock neck on, but I have to stay warm. I'm down in my basement with the fireplace on right now. So I'm good as gold, baby. <laughs> hey, Tyler, we already get people chiming in in the comments. and say, hey, fam, hey, I think Mentor has been watching. You've been tuning in to Van. <laughs> You've been tuning in to see what Van's saying. You probably sound crazy. <laughs> hey, but Van, here's what you can say about Jesse Mentor. Walking in the door, three points in the second half for five games. I know people are gonna point to, hey, that was Nebraska, and hey, that was that was over, that was Rutgers over there, and that's Indiana over there. Three points in the second half, five straight games in the Big Ten. I don't care what year it is. That's impressive. That's an understatement. I mean, I haven't seen that. I mean, people. You know, I go back three or four years ago. You might talk about Alabama's defense that way, or Georgia's defense the last couple of years. That's called a coach who's making great adjustments, and the players are buying into what he's doing. I mean, that is very, very impressive. I mean, I uh, right now, Coach Mentor is probably being looked at all over the country for a head job because he's getting it done. He's making game-time adjustments in the first half. Sister players down at halftime, making other adjustments, putting in defenses, and it's all paying off. I mean, he has it down, but, you know, it's just not him by himself. It's all the other coaches working with him because they all have to put in. One guy can't do it by himself. He needs help, and I think he has an outstanding defensive staff. I really do. Yeah, so let's jump into this Nebraska game. Now, look, you know, Mickey Joseph got dealt a bad hand. I said it in the uh, in the film study that you guys would be able to tune into. Uh, when we posted here uh, in in the coming hours, but bad hand, man. Scott Frost didn't didn't leave him a you know a lot in the stable, and part of what was in the stable, the quarterback that he had was hurt for this game. And now you're coming into the big house to play a game, Michigan defense. As you always say, Vance, they had no chance. They had no chance. I mean, I don't think they even had a pregame meal. That's how they look. I mean. <laughs> I said, about all I could do is shake my head. They had no speed. Our defensive line just physically abused these guys. It was embarrassing. I mean, I, 
like I said, we done had a couple offensive line coaches. They they in the unemployment line playing against Michigan's defense. I think this guy right now, he's going to join them too. It's like three of them, they struck out. I don't know what to tell you because they just they took him out to the woodshed and left him out there. They say, don't you even cry. They left him in the woodshed. They came back in and sat down, and they had a steak dinner. Man. They had filet mignon, cooked medium with mushrooms on the side because I don't eat them on the top of mine. You know, I don't like mushrooms. Yeah, but everybody else like mushrooms. Man, I, I feel bad for those guys. So, Mick, I, I feel bad for Coach Joseph. I'm, I'm with, pulling for him. He played in Nebraska. They had no chance. So, you you look across the board and you saw guys. I mean, we've been talking about Mike Morrison, Big Mike, as you call him all season. Uh, but there have been flashes of different guys. I think Chris Jenkins, number 94, has flashed. He and Mozzie Smith. On the inside, we've talked about number 18, Iyabi Yoki, as a guy who you've seen in flashes be that situational guy off the edge that could be really, really big down the stretch when you need guys who can step up and make individual plays. He seems to be a guy that's capable. But I got to point your attention to number 55, Mason Graham, a guy we highlight a lot in the film study this week. He had his best game as a Wolverine. I know that's only... That's only 10 games into it. But, man, Vance, he flashed in this game. I, I thought the t- entire D-line was outstanding. But, my man, Graham, uh, it's a couple of plays we highlighted that they technically were trying to double team. They're going to double and climb. He stepped heavy into the guard. Then he threw the, the tackle on bottom, threw the guard away. It was a, a second down and two. They gained a half a yard. I mean, just impressive. Then another time, it was a third down and long. And his quickness off the ball was really amazing for a guy his size. And then he got the guard shoulders turned. He gave him a Reggie White hump move, baby. I, it was sweet. I mean, it was clinic tape. I mean, and this guy's just a freshman. Michigan, enjoy this guy for the next two more years because he's leaving early. He keeps playing like he's playing. He's going to leave early because he's going to be a special, special player. You and I were talking earlier about comparing him to old Rob Winners, who was there when I was at Michigan. Like I say, you know, it's if you put them side by side, they might look alike, but put them on the track. Rob Winners running the quicksand. My man running with spikes on the track. That's the difference in their quickness and speed. So Rob was a quicksand man. My man was Speedy Gonzalez. He's Speedy Gonzalez, but he could be probably bench 400 pounds like Rob could. Yeah, man, he, he definitely brings an amazing motor. I mean, defensive lineman motor alone to get you a, a long way with, with with coaches. But when you got motor and skill, you're not just a try-hard guy. Uh, and that's what jumped out to me about Mason when I first saw man, this is not just a try-hard guy, which I shouldn't say just because effort takes you a long way. But when you pair some quickness, strength, side, yeah, and he's doing it as a freshman at that position because, Vance, you did it for a long time. I said to you before, I mean, it's tough for any of these guys to make transition from, from college to pro. You didn't start Charles until, what, four or five games into his freshman year or something no, like that? No, no, he started second game. Okay, second game, second game. The, the first game, he didn't, he didn't start. Wood didn't start. But the second series, he went in there and never came off the field. After that, so. Well, I guess my point is you got to be Charles Woodson to to be, you know, walking in the door. and and being a starter in your second game as a first, you could do that as a corner. He didn't yeah. even start the game as a, as a true freshman, right? So that's, that, right. that's kind of my point. Most guys, it takes them a little bit longer of a transition, especially when you're a lineman, O-line, D-line. 
O-line, D-line, and quarterback, those positions, and sometimes linebacker is tough for a freshman to come in and play. Number one, you're not strong enough. You're out of high school. You might come get in there and bench press, but then to understand all the different movements and stunts and how to attack people is totally different because, for, for example, a three technique, normally he could be 300 pounds, but guess what? Normally he got 600, 700 pounds blocking him. That means two guys are piling him throughout the ball game. And this kid, he'll play with great leverage, great technique, and he's strong as a bull, plus his first step. He's punching you right now. He's not going to hold on the wall. So he's going to be a handful. And if those two guys inside, and we play we play a bunch of guys. They rotate guys, which is great. If they can control the A and B gap inside, now the two guys outside can go pass rush, and we should have great success in the next two ball games. So uh, the other freshman that really flashed in this game was number two. Will Johnson. So I, I've been knowing Will since he was in middle school. When his dad Dion is one of my guys, man, one of my guy guys. He 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 left right before you got there, Vance. His last year at Michigan was ninety four. Okay. And so okay. and so watching watching Will go out there and do it is, is emotional for a lot of people that watch him grow up. Emotional that for a lot of people that know Dion, right? But he had he's had to earn his stripes. It wasn't given to him. And he's earning those stripes, Vance. He's stepping up and young fellas out there making some plays. He's making some plays, but, you know, I, I got to throw this out there. If you're a cornerback at the University of Michigan and you're going to put on number two, you need to be special. That means you think high of yourself. So he wearing number two here, big corner like Wood was. And I'll tell you what, right now he's balling. But people are going to try him out a little bit so far. He's done a good job. And he's a physical guy. He has great ball skills. He can jump. So all the intangibles you like as a defensive back, I've seen so far. I hadn't seen people just, I think, two weeks ago, somebody tried to challenge him down the field. He may have had a great interception, a great job. So I'm looking long-term-wise to see what he has. But right now, I like what I see out of him as a freshman. If, I'm a, if I was a starter at cornerback, and all of a sudden this cat playing, I'm like, if I had a broke leg, Sam, I'm out there having around me. You better go to the bench. You're my backup. I mean, I'm out there hopping around because I know I'm going to get my spot back. <laughs> well, hey, it was good to see Jamon, who's from your neck of the woods, down there, DeSoto, Vance. Okay. Down there, yeah, down there from DeSoto. Uh, you know, he, unfortunately, he got attacked in the tunnel versus Michigan State, uh, working his way back. Got some snaps in this game later in the game. So it was good to see a couple of their injured guys because Trente Jones, they're starting right tackle, who's been out for even longer. I think yeah. Trente's been out four or five weeks. I, I could tell, too. Watching the game, I could tell that, that uh, the start of not for a while. Yeah, yeah. And so so getting Trente some snaps, getting Jamon some snaps late in this, in this game against Nebraska, I think what they'll probably do, and I haven't talked to anybody, anybody about this, Vance, but I'm curious, you being a coach, if you think this is a sound strategy, Play them a couple snaps just to get their feet wet against Nebraska. Up the work. Maybe don't start them, but up their workload. Give them meaningful snaps against Illinois. And then if they do well, now they're back in the starting role against Ohio State. I'll tell you what. What I'm looking at down the line is that I'm trying to see can I play dime. Mm-hmm. Ohio State comes out in four wide receivers. Okay? It's great to say we're going to play man-to-man, but you're not going to let them play man-to-man versus Ohio State. If you got 10 snaps 10 times, you're going to zone 10. So as soon as I see a linebacker, two linebackers out there, I know right now that it's a good chance you're in some kind of zone. So now they do a great job in zone football because C.J. Stroud 
he can buy time on his legs. So with all these guys coming back healthy for us right now, I'm seeing him. I'm in position. Can I have a guy where to play some dimes so I can give a variety of coverages and disguises to keep the quarterback off balance if possible? Now, we, I hadn't seen any dime from us this year because we normally like to keep the two linebackers on the football field. And they've done a great job. But for me right now, when I look at Ohio State, guess where I'm going to attack us? Either outside deep or the linebackers inside. Whether it's RPO, play action pass, I'm going to work over my linebackers. And it's very important that we do a great job of playing with our eyes and matching up a body on a body. If we spot drop on those guys, we're going to let them catch some passes. We can get in trouble. Yeah, and so, look, we will get into the questions from the people a little bit later, but I want to lean into what you were just talking about, Vance. I I like getting into the scout with you. So, you know, this is – five straight weeks where we've talked about this defense playing some some really good ball. There have been some some moments in there where maybe you've seen a couple of things that, that pop up. You say, man, they got to watch that for Ohio State. This week, you seem to be pointing out, hey, man, what's up with them getting lined up late? Seemed like like they had some issues. So I, I want to lean into the, into the scout again. You're in the meeting room, full team meeting room, and you're, or a full defense room, and you're talking to your, your defense about, hey, we got to fix this. We got to work on this. So we got to watch out for this. What are the things that like, at the top of your list at this point? Biggest thing is alignment. Let's get, let's get alignment because no matter what you do, and we talked about this from the first week, can you count to three? So linebacker, secondary, most linebackers, you're going to line up on number three. There's number three to your side. That's your alignment. So you start there, then you get to check and, and go play. Like the second play of the game, they came up in empty, and they in quads. So the linebacker inside is like he was lost. But little Mike did a great job of turning the ball back inside. He went out there to him. That didn't happen just that time. That happened several times. You know, Coach Miller is trying to get the right call in. So he's waiting to see personnel and formation and then trying to get his call in. But when the team is going fast, the kids are getting confused. They're a little bit late. So if I'm an opponent right now, I'm going up tempo on Michigan right now. I'm trying to make you simplify what you're calling get your calls in fast. If I ever hit a big play against you, my next play, I'm on the ball going fast. Because mm-hmm. number one, I got you rattled. Your players a little bit rattled because it's a big play, and you're trying to get the right check in. I'm back on the ball right now. So those are the things that we need to get ourselves prepared for, for Illinois and for Ohio State. You know, teams go tempo for a reason. It works, right? I mean, it's not just yeah. Michigan tempo works against, right? That's that's why offensive coaches, who I know you got your – you got your problems with some of how smart some of these offensive coaches think they are, but all of them, or at least a lot of them, use tempo because that tends to be an equalizer of sorts. So you being a defensive coach, I mean, what's your? How did you address that with your team? How did you ready your team for that? What are the tools in the toolkit? Went on first down. Went on. I, I'm, I'm with Coach Man. I'm going to pressure on first down. If I can get you to second down alone, you don't go fast. Because you don't want to be in third down and seven plus. You want to be in third down and three to five. So if I went on first down, all these so-called up-tempo gurus, they all slow down because they're going to make a check to get them a position to get in third and medium, third and short. Because up-tempo people, offensive linemen, they're not great pass protectors. That's why they go fast. So you got to slow down. So in that situation right there, went on first down and go slow. But if they went on first down, you could be in trouble because now the tempo picks up real fast. If it's a big play, the good offensive coordinators, they go fast. 
that make you simplify what you call it. I always said this. I, w- I never worried about what you did offensively. I'm going to call my game and telling the guys play that way. Because what we should do is have two huddles, run two offenses at our defense to see people going fast. That's the only way you can come close to people who actually went fast. Yeah. All right. You know, I know you you talk a lot about some of the uh, some of the coverage miscues, which I know we'll talk about when we get to the questions, because I see the questions lining up already. <laughs> people asking about people asking about coverage. So I just save those questions uh, for the for the people. I'm curious when you look at this at this offense. You know, I like having you breaking it down from a defensive perspective. One of the things that Al pointed out in his session is that he didn't really see over the course of the year separation be a huge issue, right? Uh, certainly on short and intermediate stuff. He said, I, I didn't see it. You know, maybe, maybe deep, but not on short and inter- intermediate stuff. In this game, he said, no, it, this – they covered Michigan really, really well. So you being a defensive guy, Vance, how do you work on that? Uh, what gave you issues? How were teams able to create separation? If their receivers are having problems getting separation, what are some of the strategies strategies that could be utilized to assist in that that maybe you saw be effective against you when you coached? You do it with formations. You do it by – you know, formations to boundaries, see if they're in zone or man. Your motion, you're getting bunch formations. You're getting tandem splits. So it, it, when you're getting bunch and tandem splits, it allows your receivers to get free releases because now they only can press one guy. So one guy's going to have a free release. And if you motion to a bunch and run your routes, you're going to have two guys who are probably going to have free releases because now defensive backs playing the man, man, man to man, they got to communicate. And that's how you get guys open. You you cut the splits to run different routes, whether it be an over route. So if you cut a split, guy playing man-to-man, he's outside leverage. So guess what you can do? Run routes across the field off of boots and nakers. And for Michigan right now, J.J.'s an athlete. Get him on the perimeter with boots and nakers. I know the offense been trying to throw the football. Last two ball games, they've come out throwing the football. And they hadn't had guys open. The separation hadn't been there. But if you remember, I go back to the Maryland game. I made that comment. I say, our guys are not getting open. We got to do things by formations to give the guys a chance to get open. The next thing is, J.J.'s a young quarterback. Even if a guy's covered, they're open. He has to know how to place the ball away from the defender to give the guy a chance to catch a 50-50 ball. He's not doing that either. So it's a combination of a lot of things. But if I'm on Michigan's offense right now, you're going to see bunch formations. You're going to see tandem splits. You're going to see me motioning from formation to the boundary back to the field. I want to make guys run and adjust because certain guys are watching play. The safeties are rotating. The corner go back to the middle. The safety come down. If I can get that matchup, I should say my receiver should be able to beat their third best cover guy. So there's ways to get guys open. Well, play action got them open in this last game, Vance. I mean, three for three in the first half, and they were all big plays. They were all big plays. Uh, and I, they had the fourth one on the naked in the second half on play action, too. I mean, it was a high percentage play, a high hit rate on play action passes. So that would be a way, seems like. It, it is huge because if they're in zone, the middle of the field is going to be wide open. And if it's man-to-man, if a cornerback is a step late, a guy can get separation. And, again, the quarterback just got to throw the football and give him a chance. And we've been trying to go deep. It's just it hadn't, we hadn't hit it yet. 
And it depends on who those guys are. Who are you throwing? They just don't call a deep route to any guy. Who who are your guys right now? If you're throwing a deep ball, can Nancy get open and run by a guy to make a catch? So it comes back to having the right personnel in when you call a play. If you just call it and just say, I'll call it, I threw one deep, but it's not a guy that can get deep, well, why did you call that play? Don't call it. Don't put guys in situations where they can't have success. I, I hear you on that. And so, uh, you know, you, you look at a team like Ohio State. I, I get, you know, we get caught up in they're extremely talented. I think it's the best wide receiving core in the country. Uh, and they got a gang of guys that, you know, can is cover one. They can they can just stack a DB uh, from one to five. They got guys that can do that. But it, even if you don't have guys that can do that, you can still be an effective downfield passing team, right? You don't have to be Ohio State to be an effective downfield passing no, team. No, you, you can't. A receiver, I mean, a guy could be four, six receiver and get open. It's how you run routes. It's your release, your stem of a guy's playing off technique. And let's say you run four, six. So you run your route at four, seven. When you make your break, guess what you do? You four six. That's separation right now. So you set a guy up by how you run on your route, the pace of the route. When you make that plan, it's full speed. Now it's up to the quarterback to get the ball to you at the right time. And JJ has to have confidence to place that ball right there. It's, it's I coached in the NFL, and and one of the best route runners was Chris Carter, who played at Ohio State, mm. and he couldn't run past you. But he was always open because he coming at you at probably four eight. When he stuck his foot in the ground, he was four six. Yeah, yeah, that that separation was open just enough, and the quarterback knew on lead him. It's on completion, and now that's how it goes. And so we got to do the same thing with our receivers. We could say, "Well, guy runs four five. Yeah, he running four five uh, with shorts on. He got pads on right now. He's not four five right now. That's that's be for real. Some guys might." Run four five, but they play four seven. So all that comes into play. So you need to scheme your guys to get open, play action pass, boots the naked, stack splits, bunch formation, so guys can't pressure. And off a bunch, you got a variety of routes you can run that can get guys open. Especially Ohio State's his own team. You know, uh, Coach no- Coach Knowles there, Jim Knowles, he's his own guy. Now they like play some man to man, but he's running a variety of zones. But what they have are two good defensive ends that can rush the passer, and our offensive line has been banged up a little bit, so I'm concerned about that at this time. Yeah, man. Let's let's talk a little bit about Ohio State because I, I keep coming back to the fact, or to the point, I should say, that when we talk about Michigan, you know, we, we highlight the positives, of which there are many. I mean, top rushing offense in the country, right? Powerful offensive line, elite tailbacks, you know, the Heisman Trophy favorite, arguably, at least in my opinion. A defense that has surpassed expectations. I laid all this out before. What do they need to do to go beyond where they were last year, which was really good? A Big Ten champion that made the playoff. They're going to win it, win the whole thing. That's why we focus on, hey, got to get the downfield passing game together. Got to get, you know, got to work on your your defense against tempo. Kind of nitpicking success in a way that if they do those things, they can win that national championship. But they're not the only team that have to do that. Look at Ohio State, Vance. I, I've seen teams give Ohio State some problems this year. That's not a perfect team down there in Columbus. Not at all. Penn State, if you go to that fourth quarter, Penn State actually was in position to win that ball game. But all of a sudden, they turned the ball over three times. For a touchdown, the quarterback got sacked by, I think it's number 44, 
he had he had a All American game. I think he had three big plays in that game in a pass rushing situation. So Penn State did a great job. They actually slowed down that offense. So the last three weeks, not counting last week, Penn uh, Ohio State offensively have been slowed down quite a bit. I think we can slow them down because the offense with old Brown Chuck, they can shorten the game. If you shorten the game, now you give yourself a chance to win. My concern is if they score on us quick, can we get it back? Or can we play from behind, which we haven't had to do really. You know, we've been close. But when you look at the opponent, they weren't very good. Now you're going to play a team that has the same amount of talent that you have. And so when you get behind, can we come from behind and win a ball game, which means you've got to throw the football? Yeah, man. Can you can you keep that offense off the field? That was part of the formula, formula last year. Keep that offense off the field. Get in the quarterback's face. Because this is the other thing. J.J. might be a young dude. He is a young. No might be to it. He is a young dude. Here's what I know about him. You can't rattle the dude. Yeah. I mean, we we he kept taking shot. I know it was Rutgers. Devin talked about this saying, man, they they black they blew that dude up. What I kept seeing is him getting up, shaking it off. Even when it was hurt, even when he was hurt, he was faking the funk, Vance. He was making it sound like it did. He was trying to make it look like it didn't hurt. With C.J. Stroud, man, when it hurt, you know it hurt. Like, he lets you know he's bothered by the pressure in his face. He's bothered by the conditions. I mean, you you can see it. You can hear it. You got people on the sidelines reporting it. Give that dude some adversity like Michigan did last year. The question is, can they bring that same kind of adversity this year? I'm going to talk about another game. I'm going to talk about when Georgia beat Tennessee. Georgia blitzed them every which way, but that receiver is open. Guess what the quarterback was doing? Running for his life. When he got hit early, he started watching to rush to looking downfield open receivers. He was concerned about getting hit. The same thing has to happen for Michigan when they play Ohio State. Get to C.J. Stroud early and often to take him off rhythm so now he starts watching the rush, not looking downfield. You sit back there, let these receivers running around, we're going to have trouble. I'm going to go back to when we played Maryland. Maryland did a play. They had a, a, a boot, and they brought the slot from one side of the field to the other. Remember I brought that up? I said, this is an issue that we are going to have versus Ohio State because that is a big play by them already because we play more zone than we do man. So, therefore, we've got to prepare for all those type of things too. So, they got some things that I've seen early in the year that we got to get ready for. If we can take that away, keep the quarterback running for his life, we can win the ball game with defense special teams and old ground Chuck working his way on ahead. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. All right, so let's start getting to the questions. If you have questions for Vance, get them in now. You can get the, yeah, I know there are a lot of coverage questions. There are a lot of Ohio State questions. We'll, we'll knock them down. And Sam, let me ask this question right quick, Sam. Did RG3 talk to Devin Gardner about what the world to the game. 
Did they, did they communicate, you know, uh, uh, about hey, their headgear or something? No, RG3 was just biting this style, man. Somebody, oh, okay. told, somebody told him that Devin, you know, was out, out dressing like the, you know, the, 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 the Romulus es- Eskimo, and he decided that must be how they dress up there in the D. Right? Okay, I, so, I was wondering. I thought they had talked to each other about, hey, the this Easter is kind of the Eskimo. But <laughs> hey, you know, it's one of them, one of them things where the, the imitation is a serious form of flattery. It's there like, you go, <laughs> Kevin Gardner. And didn't give him credit, but that's the only problem I had. He didn't even credit the man. I mean, come on, <laughs> give Devin some credit. Uh, All right, so let's start getting to the questions for for Vance. Tyler W said, "You said they should play more dime." When uh when Jamon gets all the way back, who are the DBs that would play dime? I think this is another way to get all your best guys on on the field. That's what you're getting at, right? I, I put Jamon in the, in the slot as a dime. You got little Mike at the nickelback. Your freshman Johnson will be out there, you know, a corner with Turner. And I think you can match up that way because now you got a corner. You got technically because little Mike is a corner too. So you got two corners if you want to play man to man doing that. But only question is. With all the things you do defensively, can Green learn the defense, understand what he has to do to do that? If he hadn't done it this year, you can't put him aside. Yeah, Tobias Lewis, crazy. He thinks Will Johnson is turning into a complete dog. I can see the confidence rising. I mean, you can just, you know, like he's not a he's not a very loud dude, but his you can tell how Will's feeling by his body language. You know, yeah, there's, there's a walk. You can see him. He he's starting to prance a little bit. He's starting to feel good about himself. So you just let him keep playing the way he's playing right now. He's gonna be okay. I like him quite a bit at this time. All right. So here's one. Um, so Tobias advanced. We got to talk about DJ. He's let up a deep ball every game for the past four weeks. So he he they they're targeting him now. Let's not make it sound like the dude is a swinging gate. Uh, you know he's been one of Michigan's better defenders, but teams are definitely spotlighting DJ right now. So what do you see in that? And obviously this is going to be if if what's passed is it what happened in the past is an indicator, this is going to be part of Ohio State's attack plan. But but it is. Anytime a guy gets beaten the season, all of a sudden everybody else is going to try him out. And that's what's happening to Turner right now. He's probably getting more deep balls thrown to his side than other sides because of some earlier games. And they're going to try him until he makes a play, which he has. It's like last week. He got beat one play. He came back later in the, in the game and made a great play. So, you know, he, he is doing some good things. But they're going to keep coming after him. Why? Because he's given up a couple of plays. He had won this past ball game, and his eyes was in the backfield. What happened? His eyes were in the backfield, and the guy kind of did a little up move on him. He got open. And I know everybody said, what well, a safety should be there. And I said this last week. The ball's thrown outside the numbers. Most states is not going to get there. And uh, so he has to hone up his skills, keep his confidence, and just go play ball because he has all the tools in the world to be an outstanding corner. Mark Mikowski said, was Nebraska playing in the prevent umbrella scheme to stop big plays, both run and pass while allowing shorter run plays? Answer is no. They were not. N- Nebraska just – they just had uniforms on. That wasn't Nebraska. I don't know who that was playing, but that wasn't Nebraska. That's somebody imitating Nebraska. The real team stayed back home in uh, Lincoln. Well, see, man, you, you came up in the day of the black shirts. Yes, so, I did. They, they, real <laughs> they haven't been that for a long time, man. They, well, but long. What, what was evident in this game was, and and we had Borges really, he charts everything. You know this, fans. He charts everything. So 
he went and charted how they played Michigan coverage-wise throughout the game. And the fact of the matter is, in the second half, they went almost, I mean, they played cover one a ton, 17 times before they, you know, went heavy sub and got all the backups in. It was 17 times cover one, 12 straight at one point, basically saying, these dudes can't get up. We can cover these guys. Now, it didn't help them stop the run. You know, it, it didn't help the bottom line, but it, it certainly it certainly wasn't an, an umbrella thing preventing the uh, the, the separation. That, that's not how they were able to do it in this game. So that's why I was asking you, how do you scheme? If if guys are having problems getting separation, and I'm, I focus mainly on deep, but in this game it was – it was kind of throughout. How do you, how do you as a coach, how do you as a play caller, as a schemer, how do you help them out? That was the reason for that question. Yeah, you know, if people are worried about the deep routes, I'm not worried about the deep routes. I'm worried about us completing intermediate routes for the 15 yards. I mean, if a guy misses a tackle at 12, 15 yard play, it goes for 70 yards. So we need to do a better job of that type of thing. And again, like we talked earlier, bunch formations, motion, you eliminate press, you can see if they're in zone. And now you can attack people and get guys open. That's that's how you work that. And as you said earlier, heavy, heavy play action pass. Then zone, it keeps the linebackers out of the middle of the field and guys are open. You can throw the ball in the middle of the field. JJ just got to have confidence and let the ball fly. All right. Here's another one, Vance. Matthew Carmody said, how do we slow down Ohio State's passing game, forcing them to run the football? Pressure. Mike going with Coach Miller, he's he going to blitz them often and early. We got to rattle CJ. Always remember this: when you play a, an explosive football team, they're gonna hit some plays, and you can't worry about that because as long as you give more plays than what you give up, you will win the football game. That's how you look at it. So you got to come after them, understand they're gonna hit some plays, but you're trying to say, if I get to the fourth quarter, I've hit the quarterback several times, hit the receivers several times. He's gonna misfire. The receiver's gonna drop the football. We're gonna win the ball game that way. So understand that. So people gotta get get ready for that. They're going to hit some plays, but we hit that quarterback, get a couple of sacks or a couple of incompletes early. We, we rattle the guy, we'll win the ball game. All right, here's another one, Vance, from Mike Geese. Vance, so what do we know about the Ohio State running game in two weeks? Yeah, what, well, right what, now, what, the, best running back, the best running back was carried off the field. He was injured. You know, going into the year, they're talking about possible Heisman Trophy guy and all of that. Well, they gotten away from running, running the football. He's gone more to the pass game. They look more finesse now than what they did last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they used to be a physical football team. Right now, I don't see that physicality anymore. I, you know, I, I look at things that uh, they scheme up. Watch they scheme this route up or this formation up, up to get this receiver open. They don't talk much about the running game like they used to. They used to be physical. Yeah. I see a finesse football team right now. If they hit a long run, that's great because the running back has good speed. They're a passing team right now. They're a finesse football team. Man, that is outstanding. I, I expect nothing less from you, Vance. Outstanding. <laughs> you work with, with Urban Meyer. And Urban was physical. Yeah. So I always classify what he did was as a power spread. Yeah. They were a spread to run team. Not a spread to pass team, a spread to run team. They look like a spread to pass team. Now it's 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 just a different mentality at least it seems to me and i'm curious do you do you strike that contrast too when you it, it, it's not the same i should always say urban's offense was a version of the wing t i mean he, he came up under earl bruce from ohio state and lou Holtz, ohio state notre dame guess who they learned from woody hates 
So he going to find different ways to run some type of, I call it, gap scheme plays. You pull them backside guys, so he's trying to double guys and kick them out and hit it downhill and off of that, play action pass and throw it deep, or screens. Right now, I don't see those kind of runs. That physicality that Urban brought to the game, when you play one of Urban's offenses, it's going to be physical. Buckle your stuff up because get ready to go. Right now, I see this, well, we don't drive back and throw the football first and run second. Mm. So it's not the same mindset that they once had. It, 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 to me, I see it from the S football team. He might be listening to what I said and try to prove, prove me wrong, but at the end of the day, he wants to throw it first and run second. Yeah, man. I, I mean, it, you could – it was one of the things they kind of talked about. I mean, it, it's more striking to me now about how they were going to change the offense and quarterbacks, some of the things that they were saying to recruit quarterbacks and to get them to come in. Remember Quinn Ewers initially committed to Ohio State, right? They were going to be more of this passing quarterback friendly and quarterback development kind of offense kind of get away from the kinds of guys like your JT Barrett's for instance they weren't going to be that kind of offense any anymore right well there's a cost to that there's a price which it doesn't matter if you don't have a formidable Michigan but now you do and you're still playing football in the Midwest in November so it's a different proposition if, if Michigan is the Michigan that we see now. That that doesn't guarantee a victory for Michigan. It could be 50 degrees when Michigan goes down there in a couple weeks, right? It could be a totally different game. But they play against Northwestern, and they were in a battle because it was the weather, which means they couldn't run the ball. I mean, and and like you just said, the wind blowing, it's raining and snowing. That ball is hard to throw, and it's even harder to catch. So, but if you can run the football, it opens the game up for you have a chance to win. I mean, it's you're right about that. If it's a bad weather day, the team that runs the ball the best and don't give a big play is going to win that ball game. You know, one of the things you focus on in the uh, in the film study you kind of talked about a little earlier here is in the big game last year, Michigan. That's when Michigan stars were the best. That's when Aiden Hutchinson had his best game as a Wolverine. I mean that that when you think of Aiden Hutchinson. 20, 30 years from now, you're going to think of how he played against Ohio State. That's how legacies are made, right? So, right. I mean, we've been talking about how this defense has performed, Vance, but how, what do you think about the ability to get pressure and to get to M. Williams? He said, Michigan can pressure without blitzing. Ohio State has a weak offensive line. Uh, they, he's saying that Michigan needs to spy C.J. Stroud, but I'm curious, what do you, what do you make of the, of the possibility or the pressure potential against him? Do you think it's going to come down to they got to blitz them, or do you think they can get pressure with four against the Buckeyes? I think you got to blitz them early. I think you have to blitz them early. We do a lot of things with the skies to show pressure, and then you bring four. So it's different ways you can do it. And if you're going to sit back and try to spy the quarterback and only rush three guys, you're not going to win. I mean, I, you know, Stroud can avoid some things and can run. I'm not going to worry about that too early. I'm trying to find ways to get to him. And the biggest thing is that if you are a disciplined blitzing team, in other words, you stay in your gap responsibilities, there's no lanes for a quarterback to escape. What happens when a quarterback escapes, somebody didn't do their job the right way. He didn't execute the stunt. I mean, so we can get there with four guys, but early on, different ways of bringing five guys to keep the quarterback and the offensive line off balance so you can make the quarterback say, where are they coming from this time? Cause Stroud to see the pass rush and not look downfield. All right, here's another one. Vance Christopher Robinson said, question for coach. 
Well, how the refs call pass interference affect the game in the shoe? If they let the DBs play physical, does that favor us or the Buckeyes? Hopefully they just let the guys play. And I, I think when you get in a big game like that, a lot of times the officials, they get out of the way. They don't want it to come down to him. And I could, I could promise you the Big Ten headquarters saying, unless it's flagrant, let these guys play. People don't want to see you. It's going to be a nationally televised game. You're probably going to have either ESPN or the Fox crew there. So that's going to be the game of the week. So you don't want the officials to get involved in that ball game. Get out of the way. I go back to 1997. Charles Wilson should have been kicked out of the game. You know why? <laughs> he should have been kicked out of the game because that was a rule. Take your helmet off, you get kicked out of the game. Well, guess what the officials didn't do? They didn't get involved in the game. So he went on after that to win the Heisman Trophy by returning that punt and giving that pose to him. So I think in this game here, the officials, they're going to get out of the way. Let them play. It has to be a flagrant situation for us to throw a flag. I got you. All right. Good job, refs. <laughs> I don't see that a whole lot. Good job. Refs were in 1997. That was a great job. Jay Lovejoy says, do you think Michigan's issues with wide receiver separation in the passing game is a byproduct of their style of play, being a run and a defense-oriented team? Also, with that being our style, do you think it can carry us to a natty, to a national championship? Because I believe so, just being timely and efficient. What do you think, Vance? Uh, how we call plays doesn't affect if a receiver can get separation or not. That's on athletic ability. That's on your quickness. That's your speed. And and I don't know how fast I got, so I really don't. I, I don't think that they threaten you deep. Because the first thing I always did as a DB coach, I wanted to say, which guy can beat me deep that has speed? So now I need to take that guy away. These other guys, they're route runners. You know, They can get open, how they come out of their stem, they breaks, those type of things. We have more guys who are route runners than guys that are fast. And because of that, Nebraska played a bunch of man, and we couldn't get open. So now it comes time for us by formations to get our guys open. Bunch formations, much uh, 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 tandem splits, motion. So now to make sure a guy can't press our guys, now we've got a chance to get open and throw some underneath routes. They play man-to-man, do a bunch of crosses to pick people off, and that's how you get guys open. So how we play and how we run the ball, that's not the reason why guys can get open. That's on the receivers to find a way to get themselves open. And for J.J. to find guys, even when they're covered, to place the ball in the right spot to give a guy a chance to make a play. Throw them open. Throw them open is what you say. I got you. All the time. All right. Sean Patterson says, Vance, do you see our corners fixing the technique issues before Ohio State? If not, we really need to. We really need Makari Page back to help over the time, well, yeah, look, man, I I think that, um, I think RJ, I think all the DBs have had their moments where they've gotten beat. I, I think, you know, I don't think it's been an epidemic for any of them, but is Ohio State a different beast altogether? And can Ohio State exploit that in ways they didn't, uh, that no other team has? Absolutely. They did last year. Look back at that game. Go back and look at the game and see the, their receivers made some big-time plays in last year's game. You just kept him off the field, and you limited the number of times C.J. Stroud had an opportunity to get the ball to him because you hit him in the face. But, man, can't I, I don't know. It's, ain't no team in the country. If you don't get pressure in his face and if you don't limit the number of opportunities that offense has, ain't a team in the country that's going to stop those receivers all game long. The most explosive offense was Tennessee until uh, Georgia blistered the living daylights out of the quarterback. I think they had 185 yards pass. 
I mean, they play man to man. They blitz them almost every other down. So at the, at the end of the day, to be honest, if you go back and look at the entire season so far, I think Michigan State was a team that probably had the most big plays in the past game. Overall, it hadn't really hurt us. Michigan State, you had two big plays back-to-back almost, and they took a touchdown. They hit some plays on the scene there, so it's not like every week we're getting toasted. That's that's not the case. And as a as we do this show, I talk about things here and there and make a point where if we could correct this, we can take that away. And then that's still true. And fundamentally, Turner, if he does one or two things here and there, he can stop what's happening to him. We really can't. And our safeties, in my opinion, have done a really good job. They're getting over the top. They made plays. We do a great job disguising. So overall, I'm not overly concerned about that. I think we're going to take away certain plays. Coach Miller does a great job in disguising coverages, whether it's zone or man. We can roll over the top of a guy this way, roll to the field, roll to the boundary. Right now, best receiver they got at Ohio State is the uh, Marvin Harris. Okay, so now, what is he aligned? Okay, let's take this guy away. How do you take him away? You roll to his side. You man up. It's like playing basketball, the old boxing one. If he's the best player, you take him man to man. We Everybody else, we're going to play zone around him. So there's different ways to take guys out of the mix if a guy's that talented. You know, so so right now, our safeties, in my opinion, have done a really good job. Our corners have made strides each week. I think we only had one deep ball in this particular ball game. So we headed in the right direction. We're getting ready for the show. But we got to beat Illinois first to make sure we go into the game for both of us are 11 and you know, national championship. The winner gets a chance to play in the Big Ten championship. And that means they probably either going to play Illinois again. All right. Vance, JR says, Vance, the media seems to think Ohio State is the only team to challenge Georgia. But if they're not tough enough, why isn't Michigan considered Georgia's best challenge? They sent that for one reason, because of the passing game and receivers. Their defense is playing a lot better. I mean, but <laughs> I got to be honest with you now. I'm going to go back to Tennessee. When I watch them offensively, <laughs> they go deep on everybody. I mean, look what they did to Alabama. And Nick Saban supposed to be the guru of defense. They put 52 points on Alabama. Okay? So the guru got, got guru. And here comes Georgia. They blitzed him every which way but loose. And that quarterback, they're talking about him for the Heisman and now possible draft choice, and he was running for his life. So, again, when you talk about that, they talk about Ohio State's passing game and a chance to score points. But at the same time, what if you can't get on the football field because the team is running the ball on you like Michigan can do, like Georgia can do, and now your offense can't get on the football field to score points. So right now, I don't look that far ahead. And the media talking about uh, Ohio State and, and beating Georgia. Well, they got to get through the Big Ten first. Mm-hmm. They got to get through the Maize and Blue first. We're going to bless them and see what he's made. We're going to see how tough Stroud is. It's like Mike Tyson said, everybody got a game plan until I hit him in the mouth. <laughs> so that's what Mike used to say. As soon as Mike hit him in the mouth, like, they running for their life. They did all that talking prior to the game. When they got hit, mm, no, no, Mike, I want out of here. So we'll find out. <laughs> All right. Here's another one, Vance. Uh, can Michigan hold both Illinois and Ohio State to under 100 yards rushing, Vance Bedford? Yes. I, I, I think they're going to force Illinois to throw the football. My, my, 
Coach Miller's going to blitz them from the field, from the bottom, because they're running team. So when I call, when he calls Rock, that's really a run stunt. Cowboys are run stunt. So you're going to probably see a lot of that. You're going to see them line up and, and bear. In other words, a guy direct on the center covering both guards and then two outside backers off the edge, five-man front to stop the run. They're going to force these guys to have to throw the football. Now, um, Ohio State, Ohio State has a tendency – they want to throw it first. Now, they got home run hitters and running the ball that can take 180 yards, but he wants to throw the football. So if we can get them in a passing game and no more about the run game, we can hold both of them under 100 yards. Yes, we can. Yeah, I mean, hell, Penn State. I was surprised how well Penn State did against Ohio State's running game. Uh, I couldn't believe it because this is what this is like a week or two after Michigan ran for 400 mm-hmm. on them and Ohio State couldn't crack 100. I mean, that almost tell me everything you need to know. If you're a passing team, you're not going to be a good running team. Let's be for real. See, how they run the ball says so you cannot load the box. This is a lot of states philosophy. You can't load the box. So our receiver's too good. Therefore, we can run the zone without backs and be able to pop one here and there. And that's their philosophy. So they're not a power team. When Urban was there, you saw a lot of gap scheme plays. And that's how you got guys open. Big physical backs get downhill. Now you see it's a zone, it's RPO. You don't see that type of power running game with with that offense right now. Yeah, man, that's why you know Ohio State running into a loaded box is a losing proposition for Michigan. It's still a winning, but they they face they run into loaded boxes all the time. That's that's not a discouragement for them. So you know different different styles and styles make fights, right, Vance? That's exactly right. You you got a finesse team and a physical team, and they meet up. We're gonna see what happens. All right, let's keep it going. Um, this is a, a, an interesting philosophy and I, or a question, and I wonder what your philosophy was with, with coaches. So you talked to offensive coaches on the teams that you were on. Jacob Holler says, do you think Michigan is saving their playbook for Ohio State, or have we seen it all? I'm sure you've, had, you've been with coaches who save things and those who don't. Which one do you favor, and what do you think Michigan is doing? Uh, most of the coaches I've been around, you didn't save anything for that last opponent. You didn't worry about it. The most important thing is to win the game that's in front of you right now. And you know you might have a great game ahead. You might work on them, sneak a few plays in every week of that opponent you got to get ready for down the line. But saving something for them, I didn't worry about that. They had We had certain schemes we thought would work against what they were doing, but you saw that throughout the year. Because I wanted to make sure our guys can execute those particular defenses to have success in the same thing on offense. Why I'm going to say I'm playing the 12th game of the year, I'm saving a play for the 12th game of the year? No, I'm not doing that. All right. Hey, here's one for you, Vance. In your career, you just talked about Nick Saban. Jay, I said, hey, Vance, if Saban calls you, you going? They seem to need no. DC right now. No. I'm not going. Man, I'm retired. I told I'm, My fireplace is going right there. My fireplace is on right now. Well, why would I go live in the office? I had a chance to uh, probably work for Coach Saban a long time ago and didn't. You know, they called me and said I had an interest, and I, thanks, but no thanks. I appreciate it. You know, it, it, it depends on what you're looking for. I mean, it's I'm one of those guys like this. I tell guys, don't chase the money. When I was a young coach, Sam, I chased the money. Mm-hmm. Then I realized when I finally got to a really good guy, I quit chasing the money because I enjoy going to work. Mm-hmm. You chasing the money, I've seen a lot of guys miserable. You know what they're doing? They're looking for a job right away. That means you got to move your family. I didn't want to do that. So, nah. 
Now I'm good where I am right now. I got I t- Sam. We talked earlier before we got on the show. You know what I cooked Sunday? I had three rat- racks of bison ribs. Had my grandkids over, my, my son, my, my sister-in-law, and brother-in-law. You know, so why would I want to go work? I couldn't. I couldn't cook my bison ribs, Sam. Hey man, hey, and some of these coaches, Vance, you know this. We were talking about some of these coaches want you in in the office till. 11, 12 o'clock at night. They, I mean, be back in the office by 5 or 6 a.m. And like, you go home, sleep for two hours, and come that, right That's back. right. You know, they, they, they do that because they don't like their families. That's all it is. <laughs> they don't like their wife. That's why they stand in the office all the time. I have why I woke up with one guy. You know what he said? He said, why you, he said, why are you guys going home? He Man. said, he said your wife not going to talk to you and your kids sleep. Man, she out here blowing up families, man. These wives think they husbands at there putting their work because they got to work. They just nah, that, that, nah, that, that head coach got him in the office because he don't want to go home. It's just that he don't want to go home, so he's making you stay. Because I guess his kid's not talking to him or his wife not talking to him. I mean, that's on him. So he wants you to be miserable like he is. See, you know the best thing about this show right here, Sam? I can honestly tell you how I really feel. Nobody can fire me, call me, because you know if somebody called me after food. You know I, I'm I'm a stone cold fool, Sam. I really am. People just don't know. I can say what I want to say and hang up. Bam. Goodbye. And good luck. I'm at the door. Hit you with a bill or split you, brother. I'm good. Hey man, and here I thought a lot of these coaches they kept working, keeping them long hours because man, they just don't know what else to do with their life. You just said they just running from the wives. Huh? They That's all it is, Sam. What do you think about it? I coached a long time, worked with a lot of defenses. Do you know, let's say if, I would say 70% of the plays you call defensively, you call the same 70% of every ball game. You really are, because it's your base defense. So what are you, what are you doing? You there? You, what you, my, you know what my old man said? My dad said, you're in the office right now. All you're doing is straightening out paper clips and putting them back together. That's what my daddy used to say. <laughs> That's what you're doing. <laughs> All right, so Vance, let's, let's, Take put you back in coaching mode now. You got Illinois this week. Now you had a lot of respect for Illinois. I had a lot of respect, yes. And I, I guess to a certain extent, you you gotta respect every opponent. But I remember saying, I don't know, Vance. I this this they seem kind of fraudulent to me. I mean, the only teams they're beating are other teams in the West. At that time, they had lost to Indiana. It was like everybody and the teams they had beaten were teams in the Big Ten West. Since then, they lost to Michigan State, and this was after Michigan State. Did the whole tunnel assault ambush, right? Embarrassed themselves for the country to see. You know, saw that they go, they, they, when they get beat, they just punk out. Everyone knows this about Michigan State now, right? And they had players suspended. They still went to Illinois' house and beat them. And then, all right, you still control your own destiny. You come back the next week, just beat Purdue. You know, I was talking to Ron Ingalls before the season, and Ron said, man, we could win the Big Ten West. And this is not an interview. We just talking. You know, Ron, we just talking. I was like, man, come on. <laughs> and I, that's what I said. Come on, man. We, this is us talking. He said, no, we can win the West. Fans, Purdue can win the West, man. Can you? They can actually win the West because Illinois didn't handle their business last week and their running back got hurt. So I'm not saying that they're terrible. I'm not saying that they're bums, but I do feel like Michigan would have to be asleep at the wheel to lose to this team. Well, to be honest, they're a bunch of bums. Let's just call it what it is. They're terrible. Okay. I, I was scared to death of them. Why? Because they had a running back that could run the ball on you. I know that uh, Billum has got a big physical offensive line, and they're playing good defense. Well, you just told me the running back's hurt, so that's the issue. 
So don't be surprised if you see them try to go over the top and attack us deep and see can we hold up. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see that. And they're probably going to play a lot of man. And they're probably going to bless us a lot to see can they get us behind the sticks or get some takeaways to give the offense a chance. But if they can't do that and get a couple of takeaways from our offense, we should beat them by 28 points. Yeah, look, I, they, they do play some defense. They will make it a little tough. They will make it tougher for Michigan to run. But I just, first of all, they are not going to stop Michigan on the ground. They might slow them down. I'll give them that. But this is, to me, this is a game where we see the strategy that we have watched the offense employ the last few weeks. They've been very intentional about trying to push the ball down the field. I think they come right back out and do that. I just think they do it a little different. I can't look at that game. You're a coach, Vance. You guys, you you watch, you, you see things clearer than we do. And if I can see how well play action was working last week, they got to see it, right? I mean, it was, the guys were wide open. So I, I just anticipate seeing more of that against Illinois. And you might say, well, oh, well, that just gets Ohio State ready for it. If you can run it like Michigan runs it, I, they, hey, man, you can tell them I'm about to play action pass, and they still probably won't be able to stop it. If you can run it like Michigan can run the football. Anytime you're a running team, you need to be a play action pass team. You have to. You know, that way it keeps the linebackers close to the line of scrimmage and keeps the middle of the field open. They'd be playing man. If you got to now body help and he's outside leverage running inside route, he's open. He's open. So, you know, I just saw that comment about the uh, Illinois defensive line and concerned about our offensive line. Well, we play a lot of – we have we play with three tight ends sometimes. So you can block a defensive end because you can double team them with a tap on a tight end to get movement, and we're doing a great job of that. And my biggest concern right now is that we get in a drop-back pass situation. Now can our tackles hold up versus good pass rushing defensive end? Plaxing pass, I'm not concerned. Because those guys are going to play run first, and they got to react to pass. But in a passing situation, drop back the other day, I think it was our right tackle a couple of times. He got run by like a cone. J.J. running for his life. So you got to understand, if he's your backup tackle, you should chip your way out. Give him some help. Because if not, your quarterback's going to be running for his life. Now you're going to have a complete pass for the entire ball game. Yeah. Now I'm pretty certain Illinois saying, if he's a backup, he's a backup. we got to find ways to attack these guys to give us an advantage. Yeah, and so don't be surprised if people steam up those injured guys, those backup players to attack our offense. Yeah, that's a, that's one of the things to also focus on. You know, Michigan was playing, playing with their backup, two backups on the offensive line in that game. And, uh, you know, there there was pressure that came sometimes as a result of that. Uh, you know, sounds like, feels like Trevor Keegan is on the man, your, your left guard there. And your right tackle, Trente, Trente Jones, who's been out for weeks, Came back last week, Vance. I mean, I don't know if a lot of people noticed, but he they played him late in the game. And I think that's just to get him acclimated. And then I think we see him more in this game. And if he does well against Illinois, then I think you see him back in the lineup, in the starting lineup against Ohio State. You're going to, hey, if he's ready to go, you're going to need him. Because right now, uh, I have issues with, if we have to go drop back pass, I'm concerned about can we actually hold up and protect. I really am, especially on the outside. You know, uh, again, Illinois has a pretty good defensive line. Ohio State has some outstanding defensive ends. One-on-one pass rush, I'm concerned about that right now in a drop-back passing game. Because anytime you're in third down and seven, play action doesn't work. Mm-hmm. If your linebacker step up on third down and seven on play action pass, he needs he need to turn his, his uniform in. 
It's just that simple, man. Son, what's, it's third down and seven. Hey, they going yeah, to hey, it happens, though, man. You, you say you ran into guys who couldn't count to three, man. Come on. I did. And guess what? They ended up being next to me drinking Gatorade. I used to ask them all the time. I like the grape Gatorade. What kind you like? We're going to be drinking it together on the sideline. What that all? <laughs> now, give me a great uh, – uh, if I had an NIL, I want a Gatorade NIL uh, deal right now because we're going to be drinking on the sideline together. Last one for you, Vance. Hey, folks, we couldn't get them all in, but we got enough in, right, to, to satisfy you, to give you enough, Vance. But, hey, JR is back with another question. JR wants to he wants to sit down and have some bites with you, Vance, because uh, he, he loves us some Vance Beffer. But he said, Vance, how much has number 18, Iyabi Yoki, developed on game day since the Iowa game? And you have been talking about, hey, we're going to see him more and more. What do you think about his development since then? He's playing quite a bit. It looks like he's playing half the snaps right now. He's, he's a first, second, and third down guy. He's come a long way. He's playing around a lot better. He's playing with his hands in the pass rush mode, one-on-one. He has a speed to get around the edge. So I, I like what they're doing with him. But going back to even earlier than that, the Maryland game, Sam, you brought him up to me. I said because of what we do defensively, he actually can play every down because sometimes we rush guys, we move them quite a bit. So he has been, a, I think, a big benefit for our defense so far. Because the more he plays, people have to start worrying about the guy. He's making plays one-on-one. Him and Big Mike on the edge, one-on-one. And then what I like about it, when they go to three down sometimes, they play Oki and Big Mike on the same side. And they do some twist knots and speed rush. It's really good stuff. So I'm hoping Big Mike is healthy for this ball game. And, and Oki right now, each game he's gotten better and better. And I think his productivity is probably going up quite a bit also. Gotcha. Vance, you got a you gotta score for I know I don't have to ask who you who you think is gonna win. You got a score for me in this Michigan Illinois game. 35 to 6. I'm giving them two field goals. Okay. I'm giving them a field goal in the first half and just to keep things going and field goal in the third quarter. Okay. From your lips, Vance. Always a pleasure, my friend. Folks, I hope you I know you enjoy Vance Pepper. Here's the fortunate thing for you. We'll be back with more Vance next week. You you can catch more Vance on the film study that's going up a little later, right? So more Vance Bedford. If you like to see what you see and hear what you hear from Vance, be sure to hit like on the video. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. You can do the same thing over on the podcast page. Of course, if you really want to show love, if you really want to support the Michigan Insider and everything that we do, the MichiganInsider.com is where you do it over on the 24-7 Sports Network. One dollar gets you your in for your membership the first month. That is access to all of our coverage of football, basketball, recruiting, our VIP intel. Also gets you access to all of the team sites on the 24-7 Sports Network. And not only that, it gets even better when you become a full-paying member. When you, after that first month, and you paying, you're paying, what, $9.95, you also get access to Paramount+. Plus. That is great bang for your buck. You cannot beat it. So, folks, appreciate you joining us for another episode. We'll see you next time on the next edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown, focused on the defense with Vance Beth. Go Blue!